Look, I'm grateful you found this podcast. But if you're listening to this because you think you might belong here, then my advice would be to stop right away. Listening to The Half-Blood Hill Show will only burden you with knowledge and insight about the riot inverse that will make you more of a target. After all, as we've been told, once you know the truth, then it's only a matter of time before they sense it too. And they'll come for you. But perhaps you're already known to them. And in that case, you've come to the right place. Join me, your host, Jared Shaw, as we dive deeply into the works of Rick Riordan, chapter by chapter, here on the Half-Blood Hill Show. So strap on your celestial bronze armor, sharpen your wit, and let the quest begin. Actually, That's what's really okay. funny, yeah. so what's really funny about this book that I have, this copy of the text that I have, um, mm -hmm. I have the European copy, and I didn't realize oh. that I had the European copy, because I titled this Grover Unexpectedly yeah. Loses His Pants, which is what it's called in the English version, but yeah. in the British copy, it's Grover Unexpectedly Loses His Trousers. Trousers? Yeah. Cute. And then also, like, it talks about money, and it's paycheck, but it's not the way we write it. It's C-H-E-Q-U-E or whatever. Oh, so, yeah. Fancy. It's, ah, I didn't know I had the British copy, but, <laughs> you know, okay. I'm just like that. Yeah, that's, we love it. Anyway, guys, <laughs> welcome back to the third episode of the Half-Blood Hill Show. As you can tell, I am not talking to myself uh, in a... <laughs> room uh today i have a guest with me would you like to introduce yourself to the audience yeah for sure what's up guys my name is jay longtime friend of jared he's one of my besties so um it's a pleasure being here i'm really happy to have you on one it makes this so much less weird because i am talking to somebody and two because like i'm a huge fan of percy jackson and so like i obsess over this series and so, like, it's really cool when, like, people who are kind of, like, either haven't read it for a long time or not as obsessed with it, like, are able to share, like, this passion with me about it. So I'm really excited to talk about Chapter 3, which is Grover Loses His Trousers. But before we start, like, what's your experience been with Percy Jackson thus far? So I, well, I mean, I didn't know even that there was a second Percy Jackson series, so that should speak to... <laughs> my knowledge <laughs> i read probably maybe the lightning thief and the second book a very long time ago otherwise my main experience has been with the movies and the show both of which i've seen in their entirety i'm actually um writing something on medium it's like an article titled what uh what new young adult readers can take from the percy jackson series and i was doing this um i was doing this like research for it and it's like, you should see the Google Trends graph of the Percy Jackson series before and after the live action came out on um, Disney Plus. Because it's mm -hmm. like stable, stable, stable. Because like the last book of this series came out in 2009. Mm -hmm. So it's just been like, mm -hmm. you know, mild search, mild search, mild search. And then boom, like giant, boom. giant spike when it comes to the when it comes to the live action. So, you know, Love maybe that. it'll, you know, continue to. It's weird because Ryden's never stopped writing, but I feel like there's been a fall off of like people that follow him. So like mm -hmm. maybe this will inspire people to go back and look at some of the work that he's done in the past um, past few years that nobody's read. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, 
But like I was saying earlier, I have the I have the European version, I have the British version of this text. So my chapter is called Grover Unexpectedly Loses His Trousers. I think the US calls it Grover Unexpectedly Loses His Pants. And yes. like it's weird because a lot happens in this chapter and also like so little happens in this chapter where it's so like I we're gonna start with the summary and then I was thinking we can maybe go like a little bit of like page by page, things we've noticed, things we could want to talk about. But let's talk about the summary. So it starts with Percy ditching Grover and taking a cab back to his mother's apartment because Grover has been freaking Percy out, understandably, talking about why does it always uh, have to be sixth grade? Why does he always have to die? Like, I get it, Percy. I would leave too. And during that time on the cab ride back to his apartment, Percy gives us an introduction to his mom, Sally Jackson. But unfortunately, we aren't met by Sally, who he described so warmly, but gave Ugliano instead, whose first interaction with Percy throughout the whole book is running his pockets. He takes his money out. He does some advanced calculations to determine how much money <laughs> Percy has in his pocket from a cab ride and then just mm -hmm. takes it and continues to play poker. But thankfully, Percy is not left alone at home with that loser for too long because Sally comes and we get to really see like this warm interaction between Percy and Sally. And Percy starts to tell his mom about everything that happened at Yancey Academy, even growing a little sad when mentioning Mr. Brunner and Grover, um, but doesn't tell Sally about the Mrs. Dodd's attack and the um, three old ladies knitting the socks of death. Um you know, there's this very like warm interaction where to cheer Percy up from something that Sally can see is going on, she suggests going to Montauk or that she had already planned to go to Montauk because she knew that Sally, uh, she knew that Percy was going to be sad about being expelled. And so, you know, unfortunately, while that beach has a lot of, you know, sentimental value to Percy and his mom, uh, we also get to see in that interaction the controlling nature of Gabe, who is somehow in charge of the house's finances and transportation, and that everything that the two of them want to do has to go through him. Um, we do get to the beach, though. Sally is able to convince him, and we see some weird weather happening, which is not normal. And during that time, you know, Percy and Sally, they're catching up, but this weird weather and these weird dreams that Percy has been having are leading to a series of events that culminate with Grover showing up at the door and telling Sally and Percy that something is after them and they have to get to this mysterious summer camp that Sally was told about by um, Poseidon, which might lead to her never seeing Percy again. And that so with that, summary out of the way i really want to start going like kind of page by page things that i noticed things that like you noticed and just like talking about um stuff that popped out to us and um one of the first things that i noticed was on it's the second paragraph where percy's like ditching grover and he's like i know i know it was rude but grover was freaking me out looking at me like i was a dead man muttering why does this always happen why does it always have to be sixth grade and i didn't catch it the first time but that's a reference to Thalia, because Thalia dies in the sixth grade. And Grover, we learn through Annabeth, was the protector. Uh, like, was Thalia, Annabeth, and Luke's protector on that quest to bring them to Camp Half-Blood? What is kind of interesting is that I'm pretty sure that, like, yes, he ended up being the whole group's protector. Mm -hmm. But I think he was specifically there to retrieve Thalia. 
and the other two just came along because mm-hmm. Thalia being a daughter of Zeus would have the strongest scent, the most notable um, threat yeah. to the monsters. And also Chiron knows about the prophecy before Thalia gets to camp. This prophecy has been told for like a while. So as soon mm-hmm. as Chiron has this suspicion that Thalia is a child of Zeus, um, like for whatever the reason, Grover is set to bring these kids back. And so we know Thalia's fate is that she's not actually dead, but she's a tree that is guarding Camp Half-Blood. But she has been there since she was in sixth grade, which is about five years ago from present day. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just I didn't catch that before. Don't know why. And then the next thing that I found funny was the mention of Grover's bladder acting up because this is supposed to be like a thing about him i guess that percy knows mm-hmm. but i don't recall yeah. this ever coming up that he's like gotta go use the bathroom every time something stressful happens so i wonder mm-hmm. if like ryan just forgot about this gag of grover's mm-hmm. character but um it is kind of it does kind of show that like grover is actually very very young he's even mentioned as like this like late bloomer even when it comes to satyrs where He's like 26 or 28 or something, like in terms of mm-hmm. years, but they age at like half the speed of like humans. And then even more than that, Grover no. is younger than the average satyr. So it is kind of funny that Percy always seems to be around like childish characters. Like he'll yeah. be, he will become the protector of like Nico during book three, and he'll become the protector of Tyson during book two, who's a very childish mm-hmm. baby Cyclops. And I didn't really notice that this there's there's this theme of Percy's character, which is that for some reason he is always surrounded by baby-ish characters that he feels mm-hmm. obligated to look out for. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think that goes to show about his caring nature. And then of course, at the bottom of that page we meet Sally and I know that you have like you found an interesting thought about Sally and the introduction that Percy gives her on that page Mm -hmm. so like do you want to jump in yeah so the introduction goes a word about my mother before you meet her her name is Sally Jackson and she's the best person in the world which just proves my theory that the best people have the rottenest luck um what I was brainstorming was this idea that growing up, especially once Sally meets Gabe, is that he's stuck between these two polar opposite ends of personality in a way that Sally is just like completely selfish, just profusely loving, and then Gabe is eternally selfish and horrible and abusive in his own way. Um, which I think directly correlates to the way Percy reflects on himself and why he thinks that he is not so good or why he feels like he doesn't deserve good things, which must be a challenge because they have this great relationship, but he has that constant thought process throughout the book. And we see it in the chapters before, which you've pointed out already, but I think that that's, it's, um, Although it's amazing to have a parental figure that loves you so unconditionally, sometimes I imagine that might add to the pressure he puts on himself in that comparison to his mom. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely got to have is this like impact where like, I mean, it's not odd for a child to like idolize their parent, especially at like a young age. And then as you get older, 
you start to yeah. see the cracks of who that person is. But like mm -hmm. throughout the series, like we never see cracks in Sally's character. She is just this loving of a person. And like we see the the stresses that she goes through. She gets a little bit more open about like there's a there's a time where Percy has to go and receive his mom's blessing to be able to go bathe mm -hmm. in the river Styx. And she um, she hesitates about it. Like she doesn't want that for Percy. But like that like selfishness is almost this like desire to be like, I just don't want you to be that much in harm's way. Or this is like, because you know, like in one sense, the curse of Achilles is this shield of protection on your body. But in another way, it's also a one-shot kill. And she would know about mm -hmm. that because she's very versed in you know, the Greek myths, even naming Percy yeah. Perseus because of the fact that, like, he was the only hero that got a happy ending and Achilles was mm. not a hero that got a happy ending, nope. you know? So, like, it is interesting to see that, like, relationship at play here. And I actually love the way the relationship grows throughout the series where mm -hmm. she loves Percy, she wants to protect Percy, she'll always be Percy's mom, but then she's also like, I also understand that you have things to do. Like you have mm -hmm. jobs that only unfortunately you can do. You can do and it. I can't stay in your way of that as much as I would like to. Um yeah. and this relationship is just so sad to me because not because of Percy and Sally, but because most demigods don't have this relationship with their mortal parent. Like it's something that makes um it's something that just makes their relationship so pure. Mm -hmm. Um hilariously. Sally actually kind of reminds me a lot of the parent that I thought Harry was going to be in the in the cursed child where it's like Ooh. someone who's like suffered so much that it's like Ooh. that love they would have would be unconditional and like just because it triggered in my brain it was um there was some like things that popped out to me just like because I was already thinking on the Harry Potter uh train and so I was like yeah. her parents died in a plane crash um which is I wrote under that Zeus is Zeus stays hating. Uh, like obviously <laughs> Zeus didn't know that Sally was going to give birth to Percy and like Poseidon was yeah. gonna fall in love with her and stuff. But I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, do you think that when she met Poseidon and she learned who Poseidon was, like she was slowly connecting the dots in her brain to be like, wait a minute, like, hold on, my parents <laughs> died in the plane crash. <laughs> like, <laughs> was that your brother? That did that to my to my parents. You would think. You would think. Because Sally's not dumb. Yeah. Sally is smart. She put that together. The other line it just made me think of from the Harry Potter books is like, um, yeah. so she gets raised by an uncle who didn't care much about her. And I'm like, mm. oh, the overlap there. But like when it comes mm -hmm. to the plane crash, it reminds me of like the story Vernon and Petunia were telling Harry about the way his parents Dude, died. And gosh. then and then like I always just remember Hagrid being like the potters car crash. dying dying in a car crash it would be a scandal yes <laughs> so that's a good point so oh i don't God. know why it just reminded me of it but it's like no, yeah she is this very pure character and it's like she mm -hmm. actually shares a lot of the like same tragic fate that harry who's another very pure character you know suffers from for sure the other thing is that god she's so much better than me because it talks about how like that uncle that was like abusive to her gets sick and she still drops out it's of high to... school to take care of it i'm just like no nah, you're a you're a better you're a better human than i could ever be because like mm -hmm. 
no, it it would have been, I would have been like, ah, oh, sucks that you're dying. Remember when I was having a bad day and you didn't do anything for me? Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I do love this. I love the way that Percy says this next line because it tells me something. And I want to know if you also think about it, which is she, uh, he says, the only good break she ever got was meeting my dad. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is I read this as like mm -hmm. the only person who would give Percy any information about his dad was Sally. Right. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that is the way that Sally is describing her time with Poseidon to him, it just like shows this lack of bitterness that I think would be common. Like when you think about what the situation was for like most people where it's like I met this man, we stayed together for a summer and now I have his kid and he's not in the picture at all. So like you mm -hmm. would think that it would be like that she would be talking like very negatively or have this very bitter, you know, uh, display of Poseidon but she doesn't like she's just like he was the best thing that ever happened to my life and it's just like I don't know it's just really beautiful the way that that is like even if she doesn't necessarily feel that way like maybe mm -hmm. she does have some like anger related to it though I don't know if that's ever brought up but I like the fact that she mm -hmm. doesn't pour that anger onto Percy where she's just like mm -hmm. it is not like your birth was not a curse to me and i i like that like i just i don't know it just really hit because we know that that is not a sentiment shared by a lot of other demigod parents where like thalia's mom is goes absolutely nuts when she learns that zeus was a person that she was um you know like involved with and like the fact that like she wanted to be treated like very specially because she's like, oh, uh, he's the king of the gods. Like he should be able to do all of these things for me. I want these nice things and I want all of this stuff. And like how she'll take that anger out when he stops visiting on Thalia and later Jason. Whereas Percy, oh, whereas Percy's mom has like none of that. She's just like, I don't care about any of that. Like you're my yeah. kid, you're my son and I love you like regardless of who your parents your your father is that's on trauma let's be real yeah. like her parents dying super young being raised by an uncle that doesn't care about you then the level of self-sacrifice to drop out of your senior year of high school and completely disregard your dreams of being a novelist and then happen upon this man who gives you a kid and it, that's like real pinnacle motherhood because i think I mean, it's a controversial opinion, but I think a lot of motherhood is is self-sacrifice and especially mm. with someone who's so rooted in trauma and has had to make consistently selfless decisions like she's almost groomed into this um, perfect position of being the exceptional parent for this kid who she has to be in survival mode for. Does that make sense? Consistently, yeah, because the world yeah. is literally out to get him. Like, a lot of parents mm -hmm. operate like the world is out to get their kid and, like, become hyper-protective. This is real. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, there are things trying to kill him all the time. Real stuff. Mm-hmm. The other weird thing is that Poseidon's yeah. involvement is in question here because Percy yeah. distinctly remembers a warm glow and maybe the barest trace of a smile. And I was actually researching this earlier before we filmed this podcast where I'm just like, 
Yeah. Do we know for a fact if Percy, like if Poseidon ever did go and, and see Percy as a baby? And so one theory that I did see was that maybe he did, but not when mm -hmm. Sally was around. Yeah. Like maybe Sally had to step out of something and he manifested himself into mm -hmm. the room to go look at Percy because mm -hmm. um, I don't know how much you remember about like Nico and Bianca's mom, but like Nico and Bianca were born before the pact of the big three that stops them from have it from the big three from having any demigod kids and they're shoved yeah. into the lotus casino which is why they don't age they've just been trapped in that stasis for years and years and years um hey. but like hades who really did love i think her name is maria d'angelo like really loved maria the the kids moms and so yeah. she was trying to get them out of the house to go to wherever the equivalent of Camp Half-Blood would have been at that time to get them somewhere mm -hmm. safe. Um, yeah. And Zeus notices Hades lingering around this mortal woman and sends a lightning bolt down to kill them. Um, so I'm wondering if like Poseidon had to wait for moments that Sally left Percy unattended as a baby for him to go and see it because he knew that Zeus would not strike um, would not strike Percy down when Poseidon was there alone with him because mm -hmm. one, he wouldn't attack another god, like un like not unprovoked yeah. like that, but he wouldn't risk that kind of gamble. And then also because yeah. what that could mean for the fate of Thalia, who was still alive at that time, what like Poseidon could then take his anger out on Thalia if they were going to do it that way. So I'm wondering if it was Good like point. maybe... Poseidon was there. Maybe that's why Percy does have this memory of this warm glow, this faint smile. But it could never mm -hmm. be when Sally was around, which is why Sally says, no, we never saw him. <laughs> and I know you said something about the TV show having an interaction between Sally and Percy, or Sally and Poseidon about meeting Percy, but I haven't gotten that far yet. Yeah, I want to. I would want to pin that for when you're caught up on on the show, so that I'm okay. not spoiling yeah. it. But yes, I don't want to spoil it, and then I'm sure that it'll come up later, and then we can talk about it then. But I I know what yeah. you mean, and it, I hate that. Um, like the first thought that I had when you were bringing this up is like, oh well, that makes sense because Poseidon wouldn't want to lead Sally on to like, oh mm. yeah, I'm gonna be there. But that makes way more logistical sense because a god is not empathetic like that. I mean, you know, she he has Poseidon has weird conversations with Percy where they sound yeah. like love and like genuinely they probably have the healthiest relationship of any godly parent and mortal Fair. child because like some of them are messed up where it's like Ares will dismiss Clarice for not being strong enough to beat Percy, which is like absolutely insane because percy mm -hmm. percy's parent as a god is stronger than you as a god so why yeah. are you you know like why would you expect your god to be mm -hmm. strong like it's like why would you expect your kid to be able to do something that you yourself can't do for sure you know so like it yes. or or athena's pressure on annabeth where it's always like you're a failure because you haven't created anything uh, like to mm -hmm. like worthy of my work where it's like like Poseidon just straight up says like a lot of the times gods judge uh, or gods determine was it gods judge their kids based on their actions and then he was just and then like he says to Percy at some point it's just like and you Percy Jackson are without a doubt my favorite son like and I just like I don't know like favorite is weird it's a weird word to use there because you know they're your kids but 
Like of mm-hmm. all the relationships, it's healthy. It's healthier. Like you never hear about yeah. you never hear about um a god showing up to any of their other kids' birthday parties throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Except except for Hermes, who genuinely loves Luke but cannot do anything yeah. about it because his fate has been yeah. sealed. And that's just like another one. But speaking of Poseidon, yep. what did you think about the line that like Percy's mom would always tell Percy, lost at sea, my mom told me, not dead, lost at sea. Like, did that invoke anything for you? Because it invoked something for me. I mean, I, I underlined it. I even did a, like, a little wavy underline. I didn't write what my thoughts were, but mostly how much of a non-answer that is and also how much of a, a hint it is. And I feel like with who... Sally is in her level of protection. One thing I think I didn't give her a lot of credit for when I read this in the beginning, not that I really cared very much for her character because I was more centered around like the interest in the kids and Percy's Mm. story that I didn't give her much thought, to be honest, long ago. Uh, I'll give her credit for doing her best not to lie. Like it's a lie of omission for sure. Mm -hmm. But she's really trying to give Percy as much truth as she possibly can, even if it's not the capital T truth. And I also, the reason I, I, I like it is because mm-hmm. it's a way of of like her saying where it's like, he is not with us, not because he doesn't want to be, but because he's unable to be. Like he is lost oh. at sea. Like he cannot come to the shoreline. And I just like, I don't know. It, it, I, I talked about it earlier or later or in an earlier video or whatever where Poseidon literally says that Sally is a queen amongst women and should be treated like that. And the fact yeah, that like, he is that. remorseful of the fact that like because of their status as God and mortal, he can't give that to her. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, in theory he could. Like he could make her a god, but like... He is a god. But like... But- that... You know, the rules and regulations make it difficult. You know, a lot of them have, like, hands tied behind their backs. One hand tied behind their yeah. back in a certain way, you know? They have weird... Like, it's very weird in terms of, like, what a god can and can't do. Like, I read somewhere that there's, like... Obviously, Poseidon, Hades, and Zeus shouldn't have, like, mortal ki- like mortal kids, demigod kids, because that breaks yeah. the pact. But, like, right. I don't think there is necessarily a rule that stops, like, a child of Hermes like from Hermes just staying in that house with that kid like I, I don't I don't think there's a rule about it like he just can't give the kid any godly assistance but like parental assistance I feel like he should still be able to do like kid asks yeah. for advice on whatever like I don't mm-hmm. know why their hands would be tied there but I don't know the gods are weird I think we should keep an eye on that as we yeah. progress the and I think you make uh, an important discussion distinction between uh, godly assistance and parental assistance mm-hmm. i think that's going to be an interesting theme if we keep our eyes on it because this is so kid-centered and i love what you were saying about aries and um athena's expectations mm-hmm. of their children i think that that's going to be an interesting theme that we should consider as we keep reading and then the next thing i have and i think mm-hmm. we can spend some time about this is um smelly gabe and how right that is <laughs> like Ugliano. Just, just everything about that 
is so correct. Perfect. Like, yes. <laughs> like, smelly Gabe. He smelled of, mm-hmm. what, did he, what does he smell like? He smelled of moldy garlic pizza wrapped in gym shorts. And yeah. then is physically described as looking like a tuskless walrus in a thrift, in thrift store clothing, which I just like took note of. Whereas like Wyardin's yeah. descriptions of awful people are Perfect. just so on point. Like, good. I love the three hairs being combed over to make it look like he's not bald <laughs> and just like oh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything and I love. Him. Yeah, I love that Percy says, "I'm sorry, but it's the truth." Like it's. <laughs> He like knows that his like inner resentment makes towards Gabe makes it difficult for Sally, like period. But he's like, it just it like this is not my perception. It just call a spade a spade, you know. And the next thing that I noticed, which is like, listen, I'm a teacher. We work a lot, even on days that we have off and summer job. Like even though we have like summers off and everything, and like mm-hmm. I want to know how I can apply to be part of this electronics mega mart in Queens. Because apparently, like, Gabe is not even coming into work. He just drinks and, like, plays poker all day, and he just collects paychecks. So, like, clearly no one's following up. No one's checking the clock. And, I, you know, I need to get my application in there somehow because I this guy hasn't made. Okay, like... Yeah, a professional couch potato. Like, if he was not abusive, like, yeah. I'd want to be Gabe in the story. Like I'm married, I'm married to a beautiful sense. woman who's great at cooking things. Like I don't, it, man. I don't have to work. I can just mm-hmm. like I can just stay home all day collecting checks because no one's gonna come check on me, you know. But like, yeah. unfortunately, he's Absolutely. a loser because he's mm-hmm. a jerk. Like he's just the worst person ever. And on the topic of him being the worst person ever, the line that just jumps out to me. He called it mm-hmm. our guy's secret, meaning if I told my mom, he would punch my lights out. And I know we talked about this when we tried recording it the first time, but it's like, how much of this? So Sally's obviously not oblivious to the mental and the emotional abuse that because she sees it like, mm-hmm. but she's she here is like. She here is like, you know, doing the the what is it called? Like this between two evils. The lesser of two evils where she's just like mm-hmm. there's gabe who like most likely won't kill my son and then right. there are the monsters who are going to kill my son if he's caught unawares but i'm right. wondering if like if sally knew about the physical abuse of percy would that have been the line where all of a sudden it's like okay now it is now it's just physical danger or physical danger so you're going to camp because i'm not going to have that like do you feel like Mm. there might be a line there or do you think that sally is just so preoccupied on trying to keep percy as close to her as possible because she Mm. knows as soon as he crosses the threshold to camp in her mind he's not coming back ever to to her life that's so difficult for me to say if it's one or the other because there's like with someone who is so attuned to their child it is slightly uh shocking and harder for me to buy that she wouldn't see through what's happening but you make a really good point when you're in survival mode like you know, she's always thinking about what could happen outside of what's already happening. Plus, she has the struggles of normal life. 
mm-hmm. uh, making the bills and dealing with things. And so, uh, I mean, I could I could see it in both pockets. I would I would love to hope that she would see that and make a a better choice. But I think that goes back to something super small that I want to mention of mm. Smelly Gabe being Smelly Gabe on purpose. Yeah. And how he is like his sole purpose in their life is just another layer of protection mm. and keeping these monsters away with his scent so as to protect Percy more. So it's I don't know that that's a difficult one for me to say here nor there. But I, I know for a fact that Sally would never subject Percy to that. So that's it's yeah, willingly, you know, yeah. Uh, that smell part, I did underline the section where I, I just like I literally said just great foreshadowing, which is yeah. Gabe could sniff out money like a bloodhound, which was surprising since his own smell should have covered up everything else. And again, <laughs> firstly, you have no idea how right you are. And yes. then the last, the last thing that I put here was like, I don't know if you can see my note in that corner, but it's like I, I hate that that loser, that loser has friends. <laughs> Fair, also that, also that, <laughs> just like. I hate that he actually yeah. has friends that want to play poker with him. That is mm-hmm. what, so I, there's a lot I don't like about Gabe in the live action yeah. like TV show where it's like, yeah, Sally is literally going to murder this man at the end of the series. Yeah. And like yeah. the game that is presented in the TV show is like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't have the justifiable means to like, be like, oh, he murdered him, but whatever. He deserved it. Like the game in the TV show. I'm just like, he's just a loser. Like it's not his fault. He, he's too- agreed he's just a loot he roots for the jets which is already horrific like this i just like he's suffering enough so like i don't know if we need to kill him but i don't think you've gotten there in the show there's this Mm -hmm. snippet when percy and sally are kissing and he as in gabe is in this like newscast Mm -hmm. where he's blaming percy and saying that Percy probably murdered Sally. That's crazy. They have this like little itty bitty clip. And it like honestly, it's disgusting. Do not get me wrong. It takes a certain kind of human mm-hmm. to per- like go on television and make an accusation like that. Like nuts. But I am in full agreement with you. Like none of that is the cumulative mess of a human being that is in here. Yeah. So I I completely agree with you. So it's like you know, I'm still, you know, obviously support Sally when she, because I, I don't know if you remember, but like she'll really? turn him into, st- or he will get turned to stone using the Medusa head. And then yeah. Sally will sell his statue. <laughs> and he calls it, she calls it the poker player. And with that money, she goes start creative writing school. <laughs> You mentioned this in the failed recording yesterday, but I did not make that connection. You just said the statue, so I didn't realize it was Gabe. I completely forgot that. She dressed, That's immaculate. She dressed, so I'm Go like, this Gabe, I'm like, I'm all for it. But like, show Gabe, yeah. I'm like, he didn't deserve that. Like, no. <laughs> it's like he's, he's garbage. He's just trash. But he's this man. Garbage. <laughs> yes. This man I deserves agree. the worst things that could happen to him. <laughs> I totally agree. The next page is kind of like, I don't know. I didn't really take anything from this page where it's like, you know, you get to see Gabe being more abusive. You get to see Eddie. Like, you get to see the fact that he's even scaring people like Eddie. Um, Brain Boy, I did underline because I do think that this is a comment 
that gets brought up a lot. Annabeth makes fun of his intelligence like a lot mm-hmm. throughout the series, but yeah. it's this weird thing where it's like Percy's not actually dumb. He's just always yes. paired up with the smartest person in the room, which makes yes. it like hard. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like yeah. you know, it's like Percy's IQ is probably like above average, but it's just unfortunate when he's with literally a genius all the time where like Mm -hmm. even the fandom will paint him as this like meathead who doesn't know anything and just is good at fighting and is sarcastic and funny where i'm like Mm -hmm. no he's actually very bright he comes up with a lot of like creative solutions it's just Mm -hmm. he's not a child of athena so like give him give him some give him some (laughs) give him a little bit of credit i did i had one small thing and this is just to push how truly funny this writing is and how Mm -hmm. it just has not translated into the movie or the show for me there are funny moments in both of them but the like every other paragraph just has this really good one line that's hilarious to me and it's when there or percy is explaining gabe's friend eddie Mm -hmm. um gabe says something and then eddie scowled into his bowl of pretzels the other two guys in the room past <laughs> gas and harmony it's so small but such like all of these men are just skis balls that just sit around and eat and drink beer and watch They're sports so and we all own those people you know what i mean but just yeah. like the pure comedy in these books just doesn't translate which is why reading it is so wholesome because you get all of the super deep stuff with this like ultimate awesome layer of like great one-liners and it's really funny because obviously you know it's written from percy's perspective and these words are kind of like a diary of percy and so like it's the way that percy will express his thoughts on the world where he's very much like he is the most over it 12 year old i've ever met in my life like (laughs) he's just like he's like i don't care like i please can we get out of here (laughs) let's move on yeah i completely Uh, agree with you (laughs) one thing that i did notice was that um Mm -hmm. that's uh it's the second to last paragraph or something where um but as soon as i thought of that my legs felt weak i remembered grover's look of panic and how he made me promise i wouldn't go home without him a sudden chill rolled through me i felt like someone something was looking for me right now it is something is looking for him right now and it is Gabe that is stopping that thing from finding him so I do like how that is like just immediately juxtaposed with each other yes um good the next page kind of gives us just more beauty into like Sally's character I did you like that sound was that I'm wondering if it's the same line I'm looking at like what made you what made you have that like feeling um technically it's at the end of the page we were just talking about okay she as in sally opened the door and my fears melted oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's i guess it's on the second page for mine but what if it's on the next page for mine oh. but yeah that's what i was looking at <laughs> yeah. and i have i have when she looked at me it was like she was seeing all the good things about me and none of the bad and i'm just like oh so 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 wholesome sobbing my heart is sobbing. I'm just like, I'm so great. Like, throughout the series, like, you're just so grateful that Percy has Sally because, like, so- his life, his life is about Tom. to go get thrown into the blender and it's not going to get easier. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. I agree. <laughs> so I agree. Having those supports in his corner, 
that I feel yeah. like one thing that that I always think about when I think of like Harry Potter is that he has these supports, but a lot of them don't do anything for him. Like in in the immediate, like yes. I would say like his most useful supporter is Hermione throughout the series, where it's like Hermione knows the information that he needs to know, but yes. like you know, in terms of having to go through all the struggles, a lot of the times he has to do it himself. Like the only thing that I really think of is like, I mean, I think the like rating of the ministry, the Dumbledore army rating of the ministry of the department of mysteries is like the first time he actually has good support with him on mm -hmm. this. Like Dane, I guess he has support with him. Like when trying to hunt down Sirius Black in the in the third book, when he doesn't know about like all all the stuff yet, like looking for Peter Pettigrew going on. But I feel like a lot of that was like conveniently had people with him. Like Ron gets yes. dragged into the Whomping Willow, and then he and Hermione get through the get. Through, but it wasn't like intentional. Whereas like the DA raiding the Ministry of the Department of Mysteries isn't intentional. Like they all say, "We're coming with you, and we're gonna fight and die together." If that's what it what what needs be like, what needs to happen. Um, like, I'm so glad that, like, Percy has both Grover and Annabeth throughout this series who are, like, always ride or die with him through, like, the worst situations. Mm -hmm. And then he has his mom, you know, and later Rachel in, like, the mortal corner being, like, supportive mm -hmm. and, like, helping him still be a human being. And I think that mm -hmm. that's, like, this, this beautiful, like, relate, like, dichotomy of the relationships because Annabeth really only appeals to more... I mean, later she will become his girlfriend and, and do more stuff for him like in the humanizing relationships going on dates all of these things but like at the start annabeth is more of his guide through the demigod world and mm -hmm. like is not necessarily able to help the human aspects that percy's dealing with like even when percy's like feeling bad about his mom possibly being dead annabeth's like yeah but we got a quest so let's get going mm -hmm. whereas like you know sally and rachel always like percy's just like it just feels good to be home or it just feels good to be with Rachel because like, I feel like a normal human being around the two mm -hmm. of them. So it's like, it, I never really consider it, but yeah, it's gotta be weird being half God, like half God and half mortal. And like the, the requirements of both ends of it that he has to deal with. Yeah. You said a lot of things that I think go back to the way we compare and contrast Harry and Percy as heroes, because mm -hmm. to your point about Harry, I think the third book definitely coincidental a lot of the time, but your example with the DA that ends horribly, he loses serious. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in half blood Prince, he finally gets Dumbledore to help him out with something. Dumbledore mm -hmm. dies. So yeah. by the seventh book, Harry is in this like, deep rooted depression of like yeah i'm okay with dying like that sounds great and so it's I like think if you to, help me you die so if you help me you die it's the death sentence to be in my vicinity like i should just die so then no one else dies anymore and that in contrast to percy like he i think it really speaks to um the difference in who these books are written for Mm -hmm. and the level of hope that they want you to have because that's one thing that I always struggled with with Harry Potter in the beginning you have so much hope and by the end of it like it ends okay but your hope yeah. is crushed you are <laughs> like you are it. Oh through my. it through 
doing. And that's not to say that Percy doesn't go through his own trials and tribulations. He really does. But Lorden has this really artful and purposeful way of giving him different levels of support, which I think make for, um, I think it goes back to your point about Percy as having a happy ending. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I often think about that a lot when I reread the Harry Potter series, where it's just like the fact Harry Potter does not become evil or like does not become gray even like in a lot of ways. I mean, that's by book seven. He is casting unforgivables. But, 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 like, but like that, that like his root, his rooted like core values in goodness is like yeah. it doesn't sway that much. Where it's like, yeah. even when he uses the unforgivable, it's because, like, if I don't destroy this Horcrux, a thousand people are going to die and you're not letting me into Gringotts. So, Imperio. Or, like, um, you're about to kill my favorite teacher and I'm not going to let exactly that happen. So, yeah. and you've pissed me off. So, crucio. <laughs> like, but, like, yes. the, the, the villainy, the maliciousness. Although, no, actually, I can't even say that because per, uh, Harry does say, oh, I guess Bellatrix was right. You do have to mean it when he, I was like, Jesus, like, that's so brutal. <laughs> like, but, oh, okay. but, like, I don't have that feeling. Like, even though Percy suffers defeats a lot throughout this series, like, for me, it would be weird if he all of a sudden turned evil because he has yeah. so many people picking him up every time he falls down where in yes. a lot of the times maybe it's just like Harry's personality or just the fact that they are he doesn't have a lot of good adult mentors alive by the end of by by the end of book six where it's like it's actually amazing that you stayed as good as you are and the fact that like even he is giving advice to other people like he's giving advice to Remus not the other way around by like book seven so don't even get me started on that moment. We're just going to skip that because <laughs> I could rant about that all day. But yes, in summary, uh, I agree. And so getting back to Percy Jackson, once again, right. we get the uh, we get the moment that I was talking about, like constantly this idea of my mom is the nicest lady in the world. She should have been a millionaire. She should have been married to a millionaire. And I put literally under that is like Poseidon agrees. Like Poseidon agrees yes. that that should happen. To her, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, set it up, bro. You're a god. Yeah, send someone. <laughs> saying it. Send help. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know the fates make it work. <laughs> um, and then I wrote something super petty on the next page, which is like, what you did. <laughs> what you say? Which when Percy, when Percy is is telling his mom about like Yancey Academy, and then he yeah. writes, "I'd done pretty well in Latin," and I wrote, "I guess Chiron did teach him something." <laughs> we are in complete agreement what are you doing like, why are you tasked with helping these kids just like what are you teaching doing nothing yes um Agreed. and then yeah. this was in the failed recording we harped on it for a while but it's the yes that did something scare you and then the later it's we'll talk about whatever it is you forgot to tell me um mm -hmm. and just like you i think you mentioned something about like the blamelessness of the way that she talks to Percy just being so like I feel like there's a lesson in there even if mm -hmm. if like Ryden had intended for a parent to be reading the book to this to their kid you know being like sometimes 
like your kid will talk to you when you're ready when they're ready to and this like pushing of the like pushing of the the tell me now tell me now tell me now or like saying it in this negative tone where it's like what are you hiding from me like um you know it doesn't work whereas like with percy's mom just being like did something scare you and then once we're at montauk you can tell me about you know what it is you forgot to tell me like she knows that he's withholding something but you know uh just 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 a beautiful thing that's on being a teacher though like yeah. the, the pressure of being a third parent and a counselor and a social worker and all the things like you know that i mean i talk about younger kids than you do but the mm. number of times that i just wanted to shake a parent and be like i know i'm not a parent but just can you please do this for your kid <laughs> like i feel like this is you know, I'm, I don't think that Rick is trying to convince parents to be these like ultimate goods mm. that Sally is or ultimate bads that game is. But well, appealing to that by giving example behaviors is such a teacherism. Mm. So I love that you made that point because I think you're right. And then, you know, the rest of this is just Gabe being the rest of these two pages is just Gabe being a tremendous like. A, a tremendously bad guy to keep this yeah. a clean podcast and <laughs> Percy is once again showing that despite all these anger issues that he supposedly mm -hmm. has is much better than me because yes. the, the apartment building would be flooded like, <laughs> at this, like oh no he drowned he drowned couldn't sorry about that <laughs> too many beers oh god <laughs> like i think percy i mean percy had like there's a there's an app there's a scene a really a scene that i love in book five where percy literally conjures a hurricane like he has so much like fury that he conjures a hurricane in the beach and oh, no. I was just like, and I think he can also cause earthquakes because Poseidon is the god, the earth shaker. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, that apartment building would have been on the ground if I saw I... continuously the way that this man treats Sally. But genuinely, they do get to Montauk mm -hmm. and um, what they and they take his 78 Camaro, which I wrote. I did not know he had classic car money. But I guess he does, because I was looking at it, it as like the car was like forty thousand dollars on one of these auction sites that I looked at, where I'm like, okay, so he just he just has that money, I guess somehow. Um, <laughs> but they do get to Montauk, and uh -huh. but before they do that, we talked about yep. this earlier, and it's Percy and the evil gesture, like the warding off evil gesture, yes, that sends mm -hmm. Gabe flying up the staircase or causes the door to slam shut on him so hard. That it sends him flying up the staircase as if he'd been shot by a cannon. Like. Yeah. And then Percy gets in the car and he's like, go. Go, 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 go. go. <laughs> Now's the time. Please. <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about it earlier where I'm like. Yeah. What is this power set? Like, what is this? Uh, make it make sense. Like, is this <laughs> mist manipulation? Is he like bending the molecules of water on the door like what how is he how is he doing this like it's just never addressed again and i i um i referenced it in the failed recording that like it made me think of the witcher sign that pushes people yeah. back like but and so i'm wondering like we know i don't think we ever see him do this again 
but it's like could he mm -hmm. do this to monsters or are monsters mm -hmm. just like too strong to be pushed back because if he can do this to monster percy's like you gotta up your game man this is a for real this is a tool in your repertoire that you could be using <laughs> like this is like you have the force you have a, you have a weird like a, a semi a semi like a watered down version of the force that you are not using at all and you need Use to be it. using mm -hmm. especially in what yeah the next chapter <laughs> yeah <Anyway>. oh <laughs> um, cool yeah i there's an oddity in that yeah so like there's a break here uh where it says like i got yeah. in the camera and told my mom to step on it and then there's a break and i noticed an mm -hmm. oddity something that stood out to me as weird but i want to know yeah. like in that paragraph that follows the break did you notice anything odd because there's something that's odd to me i don't i don't think so so what, what are you talking about i noticed was odd was the sea was too cold to swim in and i was like does that affect Percy? Huh. Like. Why, if, wait. Pause. If it heals him, why does he even perceive it as cold? You would think that it would be so natural. You know? I don't know. Maybe well, not. it's Maybe like when Percy falls into the, like, from the, the St. Louis Arch into the water, yeah. he yep. stays dry. Like, he doesn't even get wet. Like, his, like. He like and he can grab things that are wet in the water and instantly turn them dry. So like mm. he sees a burger wrapper like floating around in the trash and he grabs it and the burger mm -hmm. wrapper becomes dry and he can even light fires underwater like when he grabs a lighter and he lights it and the fire like sparks and stuff like that. So I'm just like that. does Percy per like cuz he doesn't know that that's one of his power sets even after he's claimed that he doesn't yeah. have to get wet unless he wants to. Meaning he's doing that subconsciously so uh -huh. like i'm just it just surprised me that you know percy would be wet and then or or feel cold water like yeah and the other cool thing not important at yeah. all i i doubt he even intended it to be a reference but like athena yeah. and poseidon have like a big rivalry throughout the story which is what makes his uh -huh. relationship with annabeth so weird and all uh -huh. children of athena are afraid of spiders and i like how the first time they get into the cabin where Poseidon and Sally meet, there's references of spiders living there. Like and the sworn cabinet. enemy of Athena, just like yeah. Poseidon tends to be. <laughs> um, That's funny. I like that. And then at the bottom of the page, we get the blue food. And what did you think about the explanation of the blue food? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm going to let you take that one because I think you... I love the way that you describe it as being Sally's rebellion. Yeah. So, like, the story that we learn is that Gabe one time told Percy that there was no such thing as blue food to, like, shoot, like, to, to make him feel bad. And then Sally's response to that was to start making everything she could blue as a way Amazing. of doing it. And so, <laughs> like, it's, it's it was one of the two forms of silent rebellion that... um sally or that person notes that sally did towards gabe the other mm -hmm. being refusing to change her maiden name and the reason that yes. i i noted that is because she does get married again um to paul blofus and she will hyphenate her name for someone that she does genuinely love and that like i also it's a really sweet moment but like mm -hmm. she even asks percy if percy is okay with paul 
like the person oh. that like and just like the fact that there is no one that comes above Percy in like Sally's eyes. Yeah. And so even like asking, like, does it upset you that I am with Paul? And then like obviously Percy's like, no, because like you're actually happy for the first time in like this relationship. So no, it doesn't upset mm -hmm. me. And then like it's just this really beautiful, but it's like he's much older at this point. Like he's not 12, he's 16. True. When he has that like conversation. So, is that in the second series then? Is that why no, it's you're talking about? Last, is it, it's either Last Olympian or the Battle of the Labyrinth. Um, okay. One, two I books. wonder also if his last name is Blowfish, which is so close to Blowfish. If there that is, is like, that. okay, I thought so. I was wondering, like, is it the hint of like, Percy actually, with his dyslexia, <laughs> reads yeah. it as blowfish over and over again, even oh, though he that's knows cute. it's blowfish. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I wouldn't have known that, so thank you for clarifying. Um, that's actually adorable. <laughs> and I did write something. There's actually a line in there that I write yeah. that's beautiful because it goes into showing like the personality that attracts yeah. Poseidon, which is okay. she did have a rebellious streak like me, and later in the series... Um, Poseidon tells Percy, you're not very good at following directions. And I mm -hmm. understand that because the sea does not like to be confined. And so, like, yes. I like that, like, that rebellious streak that Sally has is part of what attracts Poseidon to her. Because it's like, I just, okay. I noticed that, like, instantly. And just, again, like the way that mm -hmm. Sally talks about his dad. He was kind, Percy, she said, tall, handsome, and powerful, but gentle, too. You have his black hair, you know, and his green eyes. And um, nope. those are all the descriptions mm -hmm. that girls... Percy has a lot of love interests in the series. Like, just he... Everyone seems to fall in love with this kid, um, uh -huh. which is understandable. He's a great kid. But it's actually yeah. funny because they all note those qualities. Yeah. Like in Percy, so it's like all the good parts that Sally has said exist in Poseidon mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. the traits that every girl seems to notice about Percy. That mm -hmm. his like his green eyes, his black hair, the fact that he's mm -hmm. extremely powerful but a very gentle person. Like all of that yeah. is like quotes traits that Annabeth will write about. There's like um Ryden wrote a series called Demigod Diaries or whatever. And it's like each of uh -huh. the characters takes like a perspective talking about a certain person and Annabeth. Oh. And when Annabeth is describing Percy, he's just like, yeah, you know, like he's really handsome, but don't tell him that it'll go to his head. Like, just <laughs> like, but it's all of the, but like she describes all of the traits that Sally describes here about Poseidon. So I think that that's really cute. Because we're talking about this, I'm trying not to talk about <laughs> Harry Potter, but yeah. can we talk about the parallel of them both having dark hair and green eyes? Mm, yeah. What are the odds of that? Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. just going to name it and then put it away. I do think <laughs> that it is cool or interesting yeah. that it's like, yeah. when I think of the ocean, I think of blue. Yeah. But when clearly when Rick thinks of the ocean, he thinks of green. And yeah. I think that that's just interesting. The way, like, maybe he's thinking of, like, what is it? There's like one. Is it the Caribbean? That's like extremely green. Like it's like the, it's considered the most beautiful water in the world. And it's it's green water. Huh? Um, And so I'm wondering oh, if that's uh, like 
he thought of like what is considered the most beautiful for like the beautiful type of water and then he took yeah. that color to be the meant to be the notice of it because my association's always been with blue well i wonder though because we perceive the ocean as blue because it's reflection of the sky mm. but when i when i'm scuba diving and i'm under the water it certainly looks green it's That's like true. a bluish green, but when you're under it and in it, under it, in it, yeah. it's green for sure. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, when you put your face into the water, it's not a pure blue. It's it's green when you open. Yeah, that, green... that's probably And I think it. that takes it away from Zeus and puts it in Poseidon's pocket more so. Oh, that's true. I wonder true. if that's the distinction there. Because Thalia and Jason and all the children of Zeus have what uh, is quoted as electric blue eyes. I remember you saying that last yeah. time we were talking about so, when you were talking about the socks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so at the case. Mm. The line that I highlighted next is that he would be so proud. And it's like he actually is. Sally is right about that, in that mm -hmm. Poseidon is very proud of Percy and will tell him that almost mm -hmm. every time they meet, just being mm -hmm. like how proud like how regretful he is that he can't be more involved, but how proud he yeah. is of the person that um Percy is becoming Percy's becoming yeah. yeah um although yeah Sally says that Percy does not feel that way about his dad saying I felt angry at my father maybe uh -huh. it was stupid but I resented him for going on that ocean voyage for not having the guts to marry my mom he'd left us and now we were stuck with smelly Gabe and I'm like I feel that because mm -hmm. that is such a complex feeling to be yeah. dealing with. And it's such an interesting. It, it plays a much bigger role in the story mm -hmm. where like every single kid at Camp Half-Blood is desperate to be acknowledged by their parent to be like, you yeah. know, like, I want to go on this quest so I can bring glory to my house. That's what Annabeth obsesses over. That's what Luke obsesses over. Yeah. That's what uh, Clarice obsesses over. Right. And mm -hmm. when Percy is offered a quest to help his father, he only accepts it because he believes it's a way of ex of saving his mom. Like he yeah. does not care at all about mm -hmm. like about this need to like, oh, I want to honor my father. Like he even writes, I think later in the series, was just like, oh, my father needed me, and that caused me to have so many conflicting feelings. Where it's like, where were you when I needed you? You know, and mm. like, mm -hmm. like, I just love that it, it is the relationship with his mom that causes him to go on this quest. Because if his mom was fine and he got accepted to the quest, it would have been like, I'm sitting here. You guys can kill each other. I don't care. Like, mm -hmm. why would he? It makes sense. Why would he mm -hmm. have any love for his dad? We know that his mom had love for his dad. But why would Percy? For all Percy yeah. knows, everything that bad that is happening to him is because of his dad. Yeah. Especially because that quote that you read from is right after um, Sally is establishes this misbelief that Percy has that memory of mm -hmm. Poseidon standing over him with a warm smile. And she says, no, honey, he knew I was expecting a baby, but he never saw you. He had to leave before you were born. So he says that line about being angry right after that because yeah. that one moment that he had the only moment gone 
Yeah, mom dismissed it. I don't. I don't even mm-hmm. know if she knew that it would have that much of an impact. But like, I think it does. Yeah, it does have an impact on him. And you know, yeah. despite the fact that oh well, there's one more thing that we should talk about. I am going to bring up another Harry Potter thing, unfortunately. But um, there, this is what I don't need to yet. But it's um, that conversation, yeah. that just agonizing conversation that Sally and Percy have about sending yeah. Percy away because you don't want me around. Uh, I regretted the words as soon as they were out of my mouth. My mom's eyes welled mm-hmm. with tears. She took my hand and squeezed it tight. Oh, Percy, no, I have to, honey. For uh-huh. your own good, I have to send you away. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, just. And she still can't say anything. Like yeah. she knows, she knows why per- she sees Percy is confused and hurt because this is now yeah. the second time in a couple of days that someone he looked up to said, you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Like with Chiron, who he really appreciated and Mr. Brunner and Mr. Brunner yeah. saying, you don't belong here. And now he's hearing it from his own mom and just mm-hmm. like, oh, I feel so, I feel for him so badly. Yeah. The way that I can see the purposefulness in Percy saying to his mom because I'm not normal Mm -hmm. and then his mom says you say that as if it's a bad thing Percy but you don't realize how important you are I thought Yancey Academy would be far enough away I thought you'd finally be safe it's like his he's like reaching out for this confirmation that he is normal somehow Mm -hmm. or to get that affirmation from his mom and she's like trying to give it to him i think that goes back to what we were saying about like lies of the mission Mm -hmm. like she's trying to give him as much of the truth as she can but she can't those two lines are actually so difficult those two lines are actually the ones that made me think of the harry potter and it's the the harry potter scene where harry's dead and talking to dumbledore and um harry's just like is this all real or is this just in my head? And Dumbledore saying like, of course it's all in your head. Of course head. it's all in your head. But why does that mean? Why does that make you can't be real? real. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> just like, that same was just like, yeah, you're not normal, but why are you interpreting that as bad? You know? It's a bad like, thing. It's good to be weird. It's good to be weird. Although yeah. most times, you know, there is there is like power that comes from your unique traits but unfortunately for percy being weird also involves the fact that apparently since he was a baby weird things have been happening to him everywhere he goes Uh where um there was a there was a a guy in a black trench coat that stalked him on the playground there was someone or and that that guy had one eye right under his middle of his head we Um, wonder who that is i mean thanks I think so. Like the man only had one eye right in the middle of his head, so that's a cyclops, which is interesting, because Poseidon is the father of all cyclops. Uh huh. So, was mm-hmm. that Poseidon sending someone mm. to be like, "All right, watch my kid, and if someone Wonder. attacks him, it's on sight. Like you go kill him. It's on sight. Because like, you, you're kill a big cyclops. Yeah, like, you know. But just think. You know, and then the other one is obviously the reference to Hercules with the two snakes crawling into the crib that Percy strangles in the myth of Hercules. Hera What's sends them. Yeah. Oh, I thought or, it was I one. think it's two snakes. He ends, up, he ends up killing it and then playing with it, and they say that it's a rope. Oh. I'm not looking at it, so I could be wrong. A snake, yeah, I still a think snake. you're right. A snake. Yeah, but I think I it's two think snakes right. in the Hercules myth. Yes. But, like, yeah, it's definitely a reference to, like, 
a demigod child mm. of the big three strangling a snake in their cot. Yeah. But it is makes me wonder. In the myth, it's Hera that sends the snake. Hera, mm -hmm. I doubt, would be that involved in trying to kill Percy as a baby. Yeah. Because that's not yes. her problem. And then her eyes, oh it's not cousin. like her issue. Um, mm. I mean, she hates all demigods regardless because they're not, you know, they're, they are at a wedlock. Yeah. They're break her pact, which is she's the goddess of marriage. Mm -hmm. And that is why, like, um, Jason, both in this universe and in the mythological universe, mm -hmm. um, they're half bloods of Zeus, but Zeus essentially gives them up to Hera. Like, she, she, um, they are Zeus's kids, but they're Hera's heroes. So, mm. like, technically, their provider, mm. their guardian god, would be Hera because Zeus has forfeited their lives to her. So, okay. like, that's the way, like, and she like that's why she liked the name Jason because Jason was Zeus's kid, but Zeus gave it up to Hera, and then Jason went on to go do great things. And mm. so, when Thalia has a brother, uh, that's why Thalia's mom names him Jason. So that mm -hmm. Hera will have like mercy on the kid because it reminds her of the hero that she act the one hero that she actually liked a lot. Interesting. Um, mm -hmm. We also get mention of the summer camp again on this page mm -hmm. with uh, a special summer camp your dad wanted you to go to, which I think again references this weird relationship that Sally and Poseidon have, where Sally seems to be more in the know than most demigod yeah. parents about what is happening. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure how those messages are being conveyed. Um, unless, like, he just info-dumped all of this when Sally was like, Sally came and was like, I'm pregnant. And then he said, okay, this is what you need to know. This, 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 <laughs> that, like, like uh, The introduction packet. There you are. Yeah, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I have just ruined your life and your child's mm -hmm. life with a bunch of stress. Mm -hmm. Here's how to survive being attacked by monsters 101. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So the summer camp we learn is Camp Half-Blood. Mm -hmm. And then we also learn that the reason that Sally is yet to send Percy to Camp Half-Blood is because if you went to that camp, it might mean saying goodbye to you for good. Big sad. Painful. Mm -hmm. um, which is not true for her. So weird that that works that way. Um, because mm -hmm. it, it, he should be there year round, but Absol he's not. Yes. Like, <laughs> Especially to your point, he's just not getting trained well. He's not yeah. like this man's <laughs> needs so much more help. Not that like, he, he doesn't need it, he proves that he's able to do things alone, but like mm -hmm. he deserves. A little bit more assistance. Yeah, you would think that Chiron would be all like, "Listen, I know that there is a like hun like a hundred other demigods here, right? But yeah. I have to let you know, I cannot bother training you for the next five years until this, or for the next four years until this kid is sixteen, <laughs> because we have four years to turn this kid into the greatest hero the world has ever seen, because <laughs> the world will literally collapse if we do not do that. Oh, for you sure. Know, like you would think that you would think Percy would be priority number one. For the you training think. that he would have a Hercules right, right, right. like Disney Hercules training montage. But yes. no, he gets none of that. No. They shoot right. a few arrows and Chiron says, And that I've done enough. <laughs> and now I shall delegate. Good luck. <laughs> I shall Good luck. Yep. 
you got it right dude it's oh, it even appears here it even appears in book five where Chiron leads the campers to the battlefield yeah. where the where the war is going to take place. And Percy's yeah. like, oh, Chiron, thank goodness you're here. Like, what should I do with the like with this battle situation? And then Chiron says, Percy, we're in your army. You're the commander. <laughs> Chiron's and such I'm a just, principal. Like, peak like, principal attitude <laughs> i'm just like help a brother out like <laughs> give him some help Chiron's like i can't afford the liability man <laughs> yeah listen uh, plausible deniability <laughs> if i get if i get this is your war this is clearly this says dumbledore's army this, this is, is like... your war <laughs> I'm just like Chiron. This affects you more than Percy. If the gods fall, you die. Like, <laughs> yeah, you. He's like, uh, okay with that. But anyway, mm-hmm. we get the dream of the the mm-hmm. eagle and the horse fighting each horse. other, which I think that whole paragraph is just excellent symbolism. Mm-hmm. And this mysterious voice from the ground. So, like, technically, we still don't know that this is Greek mythology related. This, I mean, obviously, like. We know because the undertones are very like strong, but no one's ever directly yeah. come out and said the Greek gods still exist yet, right? But yes. like rereading it, you know, mm-hmm. or even if you're just remotely familiar with Greek mythology, you're like, oh, the eagle that represents Zeus, the horse mm-hmm. that represents Poseidon, and then Ryden tricks us with the ground rumbling. And you're like, oh, the ground rumbling from the underground that must represent Hades because we have the other two brothers, but it actually does not and it's uh the other sorry was it a voice chuckled somewhere beneath the earth goading the animals to fight harder and mm-hmm. like we think you know and even chiron thinks dumbly again going on my chiron hate hate train here that hades is responsible for all of the bad stuff that's happening right now and yeah. doesn't even remotely consider that it could be something else and you know it it makes sense why like the 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 trickery here, the red herring that's going on right here is very, is very good and it's so effective. It's very effective, like red herring writing where it's like, you believe you. I mean, you you. It's hook line and sinker for me. Like when I was reading it the first time, I said, "Oh, that must represent Hades." Like I didn't even think about the fact that it could represent somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, but are we not saying on purpose? I mean, I know what it, I we can. But it's like, I didn't even think it was okay. going to represent Kronos, like, at all. No, no, absolutely. No the the like, little, like, you're absolutely right. The little clues that he gives, like, even talking about Kronos and the origin story, and then mm-hmm. having this, like, prophetic dream where it's, like, cluing Percy into everything is totally meant to throw you off Kronos' scent, even though you know Kronos from the very beginning. He's even mentioned before yeah. other gods. Yeah, because he's supposed okay. to be done. He's like he, he can't mm-hmm. even be considered a villain because like we're told, and the gods beat him. So it's like yep. you don't even consider that this don't even person think about is this coming one. back. Off the table now. Um, don't and then over here. I did note just right under it. It says, "I saw the eagle dive down, its beak aimed towards the horse's wide eyes, and I screamed no." And I think that that is a way of like Rick foreshadowing what would be the likely end of the fight, which would be if they did go to war, Zeus would kill Poseidon, and what that would mean yeah. for. For, like, the Earth is not great, you know? Like, so I I did think that that was pretty intense. And now we're nearing the end of the chapter. 
So mm-hmm. on these last two pages, was there anything that stuck out to you? Yeah, dude. I mean, other than the fact that now we realize, oh, okay, Grover's not disabled. He's just a satyr <laughs> and has these like clopping legs. But also what I think is the most important part of this, these latter two pages is how Grover like stomps in the house, freaking out, speaking Greek. And then Percy completely understands what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And it's just not really talked about. And I'm waiting for the next chapter for somebody to Where address it's that. Gonna click. You know? Yeah. Oh God, what is there's there's uh, there's so many things that are happening here. Like, mm-hmm. I think that the tension that Rick actually writes in this is mm-hmm. pretty good because yeah, I don't know. Like, the stakes have been kind of low since. Yes. The, the 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 attack with Mrs. Dodds, which like mm-hmm. there wasn't even that much tension to it up until the weird conversations start happening, where he's just like, "You thought you could hide yes. for us, you thought," and then you're like, "Oh God, something is happening here." Um, but like this one has been building for a while, where it's like, in the end of chapter two, does that mean someone is going to die? And then mm-hmm. this one ending with something is after us and we have to go. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like it's slowly, slowly crescendoing to what is going to happen in chapter four, where Percy is going to meet the thing that he believed was following him um, all the way back at the start of this chapter. I think you said it in the failed recording, like this is when things get real and yeah. these chapters start becoming really fast paced and a lot mm. happening at once, which I think you honestly like having an attack having the fates say somebody's gonna die like this is not you know low level stuff even though it's being introduced Mm -hmm. relatively slowly chapter by chapter but i think like i appreciate the way that rick prepares us that this is not gonna be a super chill story like you are in it and there are obstacles from the get-go and you're just learning along with Percy as we proceed. So I, I think we're well prepared. But I agree with you. The tension. Um, and then also, I think one thing we didn't talk about in the failed recording is mm-hmm. even though um, Sally and Grover know each other as Percy's best friend or what have you, she's mm-hmm. not saying anything about Grover's lower half. Which means... like. Chiron wrote a letter or something. Like Chiron's sure. like, hey, you know, we're sending a satyr to watch Percy. You know, which plot hole here. Okay. Hit it. If Chiron would have just communicated with right. Sally, right? Right. Right. Sally would have told him, like, because it wouldn't have affected Percy's knowledge. Sally would have just told him, that's Poseidon's kid. Yeah. Like, and that would have had no impact on like Percy's protection of like from of his scent, you know, it wouldn't have done anything. Mm-hmm. But Chiron mm-hmm. would have known, and it's weird yeah. because Chiron only suspects that Percy is a child of the Big Three. Where I'm like, Wait, why like... not confirm the suspicion? <laughs> yeah, why, why not? not confirm the suspicion immediately? Like, right. hey Sally, do you know? Like, do you know whose godly <laughs> you know parent daddy? he is? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? 
Uh, I, the I DNA know. test or not? <laughs> like, yeah, no, like... I completely agree with you. And that goes back to what we were talking about in the failed recording of like, why mm. Grover? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we getting a a satyr who a has failed in past? Qu- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you're not going to level that up to prepare Percy and Ed- like you have two opportunities. You as Chiron could have prepared him better, and then also Grover as a satyr and protector could have prepared him better. You could have made different choices. And you did it because you were like, oh, well, I hope not. (laughs) And it brings me to that same issue I talked about in episode, was it one or two? I think it's episode two where it's like, they're like, oh, the events of the summer solstice will have to go on without him, which makes it sound like, or winter solstice. That's an option. No, summer solstice. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. and and I'm just like, so what is the the other plan? Like, (laughs) what is the plan that doesn't involve Percy? Like, what right. are you banking on happening? Because I am unsure. <laughs> Unclear. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. Um, but with that, that ends our chapter three discussion of Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Uh, yeah. If you've enjoyed, it would be really awesome if you're watching this on YouTube that you could like and subscribe. And if you are listening to this on an audio platform like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you could rate the show, preferably five stars, leave us a review, tell us what you think. You know, this is really fun. We're really happy to be able to deliver this to you. Um, Huge shout out to Jay for joining me on this podcast so I don't feel like a loser talking to myself alone in a room. (laughs) And um, with that, I wanted to give you the last word in case you have anything you wanted to say before signing off. Oh, God, just I'm excited to be here and to many more, many more chapters and potentially Harry Potter. Yeah, potentially Harry Potter. But I think <laughs> Super Carlin Brothers got us beat on that one. So oh, we'll have to be, we'll have to be, we'll have to compete. But mm-hmm. again, thank you all so much for watching. And until next week, have a great rest of your day.